0: Hello, and welcome to Investigative Postcast, a new podcast from Investigative Post. I'm Charlotte Keith, one of the reporters here at Investigative Post, and today I'm talking to my colleague, environmental reporter Dan Telvok, about his work covering lead poisoning in western New York. Dan's been covering lead in houses and drinking water for more than two years now, winning awards, and spurring government action along the way. So Dan, you've been on this story for a while now, and for anyone who might not be familiar with all of the details, could you just recap some of the key points of what you have found out?
1: Well, when it comes to lead poisoning in general, uh, one of the, the key points, some of the key points are, one, that Buffalo has the, the highest or the worst lead poisoning problem in all of upstate, that, uh, that the city, until somewhat recently, wasn't doing very much to help tackle the problem, and that anywhere between hundreds to up to a little over a 1,000 kids uh, are getting elevated blood lead levels here in Buffalo each year, depending on what standard you use. So it's a very serious problem. It's been this way for—it's uh, been a serious problem for decades.
0: And we hear a lot about the laws and the science in this, but just remind us what's at stake here. Why should anyone listening care about lead poisoning?
1: They should care because it mostly impacts young children. And if you care about children, then you should care about this topic. And what I just stated earlier is that, you know, the number of children here in Buffalo alone that are getting high levels of lead in their blood each year um, is a problem because that, could likely impact their uh, IQ. Uh, it's irreversible harm. Uh, so they, the damage that is done by lead poisoning, you cannot correct. You cannot heal from it. Uh, once you're poisoned, you're poisoned. And so the idea here is that, you know, the Buffalo school system already spends roughly $100 million a year on special ed. We don't know how many of those students in special ed have been a- impacted by lead. So it's a very big problem. It has... Uh, uh, huge social costs and uh, huge medical costs, and uh, it's it's a big problem, and it remains a big problem here.
0: So it's obviously a pretty dense and technical topic. Just be interested to hear, what are some of the challenges that you've experienced in reporting on this stuff and and learning about it?
1: Uh, Well, some of the challenges are the data. Uh, the, the, The state... And the county health departments, not all, but most, um, you know, they don't collect the data in a way that uh, is is as accurate as it should be, and there and there's there's some loopholes in the, in the way that they report, um, and quite frankly, the state hasn't kept up with the times and how they report lead poisoning cases. So, long story short, I think some of the problems are with the actual data and that. There doesn't seem to be an urgency to get the most accurate uh, data that they can get, and that includes number of children who are tested for lead each year, number of children who actually get lead poisoning. Make sure you're not double counting. Uh, make sure you're not double counting tests. You know, and and that that seems to be not of, of an urgency of state and local health officials at this time.
0: Could you tell us a bit about why you know, despite the seriousness of the problem? it's been allowed to go on for so long and and why governments seem to have not necessarily made it a top priority to tackle?
1: In a way, I think, at least in New York State, they, they did take a good effort in trying to tackle this problem about a decade ago and even before that they there were some strides made uh in this region in lowering the number uh, the amounts of you know decreasing the number of children that are getting lead poisoned um and that the state had this program that uh, they were going to end childhood lead poisoning by 2010 well clearly that failed and so what i think happened was that at one point the state was very serious about this, and they tried to tackle it, and they instituted these programs, and there was a pot of money, and the federal government got involved, and then um, it sort of, be, you know, became a forgotten issue, and and that it it you know they, they the 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 prevalence of it dropped. I mean, in here in Erie County, the numbers dropped forty fifty percent um, from over a decade ago, but there's still a very serious problem here. And it seems like that they thought that their work was done, but, in fact, they failed. They did not eliminate childhood lead poisoning in 2010. And, in fact, we still have a very serious problem here. So it, I, what I think needs to happen, and other experts have told me, is that, you know, everyone needs to get back to the table here and figure out new approaches, new ways of tackling this problem. They're, everyone's so super focused on lead, paint, and homes and that they're they're sort of ignoring potential other sources uh, like soil and water that children are exposed to every day, and it's not getting the same amount of attention as lead in houses. And granted, lead is a, in houses, lead paint is still a very serious issue here, but that's not unique to Buffalo. And so I think you know experts have said to me that everyone should be getting back to the table here and coming up with a new approach because we've made strides but we seem to have hit this wall and what else can we do to, to uh, really eliminate childhood lead poisoning and uh, I, don't, I don't see that happening
0: You mentioned um, the lead in drinking water this is something that's now coming out with um, schools doing tests and finding that some of the schools here have high lead levels why is that happening now?
1: Well, in September, uh the the state legislature uh uh signed an emergency bill uh by Governor Cuomo that required all government all state school systems to test for wa- uh test for lead in water. And it was uh you know, rushed through and quite frankly, they gave these school districts very little time to get it done. I mean, a matter of months and we're getting reports back already, but um you know the first school to that we knew of that reported uh here locally was Lackawanna and I and I and I said before that I think this is the tip of the iceberg and here we are uh a week later and now 22 school districts have reported and it was the tip of the iceberg and more probably are are going to report so all of this is is, as a result of an emergency law that was passed in September uh you know these school districts seem to be um, working on plans to figure out the causes and to remediate this. But, uh, you know, that's that's what's happening now. So that's why we're all hearing about the schools um, doing this testing is because in the past they really didn't do it on a regular basis. And, and, it, and it seems kind of crazy to think that. But it's true that our school systems never were, were uh, aggressively testing for lead in any of the water sources in the, in, in the schools, especially in elementary schools where you know, younger kids go and where the biggest impact could be. So um, the law is having some impact, and, and now we have to follow through and see exactly what these school systems do about it.
0: Now, your work had some pretty significant impact recently when the city of Buffalo passed a new law on lead. Could you explain a bit about that and how effective you think that law is going to be?
1: Well, there's there's two things that the city did. Well, let's talk about lead paint and old housing. Um, so what the city recently implemented were a series of, of changes of, of legislation that now put the onus on the homeowner or the property manager of a rental to ensure that the home has been checked for lead. And... That process of how they're going to monitor and 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 ensure that property owners do that doesn't seem to be in place yet, but you know the law is passed, so they'll be clearly working on figuring out how they're going to enforce and monitor this but that that's a step uh in the right direction where so that that's new and um there there were some other significant things in there, but i you know I think what where this all falls short still is that uh the the city does not want to go in the direction of requiring regular mandated inspections on a cycle, three-year cycle, four-year cycle, five-year cycle of singles and doubles, one- and two-family homes, rentals. Uh, Rochester does that. Uh, other areas of the country do that, but Buffalo, for some reason, does not want to do that. And I've heard them say that they don't have the resources to do such a program. But they've never specifically told anyone or to me how much it would cost, what kind of resources would they need to do it. Um, but that that's where this all falls short because if you think about it, most of the uh, most of the apartments rentals are one and twos, one and single family and doubles. And those are not getting regularly inspected for lead or anything. And so uh, unless there's a complaint or unless there's already a lead poisoned child or unless someone that lives in one of these places lets a health uh, official in to check for lead, they're not getting checked. And uh, this cycle of, of lead poisoning may continue just because of these one and twos that aren't getting the kind of attention that they need. So, you know, the city is doing some spot enforcement in neighborhoods where Lead poison is prevalent, but you know we don't really know the results of that until we give it some time to for them to, to do this work and see if the numbers go down. But if the numbers don't go down, then you know, geez, I mean, they have to they have to go come back to the table. But at least the county and the city are finally starting to talk a lot about this, and that's that's good. That's good. They need to, but um, you know, we'll have to measure to see how much these new laws and and rules succeed. Secondly water. The city did something pretty significant in that they, the EPA has a water standard of 15 parts per million for lead. So if 10% of the homes that the city samples come out with 15 parts per billion or more, there's a series of steps that any city like Buffalo would have to do to remediate that problem, whether that's, you know, removing lead pipes or whatever. Well, the city uh, did a recent sampling. They, they tested some 150 homes, 152 homes, and they did not find any that were above the 15 parts per billion. Nonetheless, they changed their own, they, they changed the standard to make it even more stringent than the EPA's federal 15 parts per billion. And it's now five parts per billion, which is basically what is the standard for drinking water and uh, for, for drinking water and um, bottled water. Uh, as far as I know, that's one of the strongest standards in the country. You know, what does that mean? So according to the mayor, if they find a household that has a lead level in the water of higher than five parts per billion, they're going to work with that homeowner to try to figure out ways to lower it. What, what they're going to do. I don't know. They didn't express that very well and, and we'll find out, but, Nonetheless, it's a it's a it's a it is a big bold move by the city, and uh, if they follow it and enforce it and work with households, th- there certainly would be a huge benefit to anyone um, by doing that. So, we'll have to see how 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 aggressive they are with following that. But that that came as a surprise to me.
0: That was Dan Talvok, our environmental reporter here at Investigative Post. You can hear more about Dan's work on lead at our event at the Theodore Roosevelt site in downtown Buffalo. Dan will recap his coverage and moderate a panel discussion among experts, including Dr. Mark Edwards, the Virginia Tech professor who helped expose the lead in drinking water crisis in Flint, Michigan. Tickets are available online at investigativepost.org. I hope you'll be able to join us. You can find all of Dan's stories on this and more on our website as well. Thank you for listening.